grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father, from our risen and ascended Lord, and from the Holy Spirit this morning. Amen. Uh, thanks again, everyone, for humoring me last week as I came out in all of my 1980s glory. If you weren't here, if you weren't here last week, go on Facebook. It was pretty awesome. And I just want to let you know that the elders have not fired me or put me on probation yet. So it's cool. I at least got one more Sunday with you, all right? And uh, I'm happy to be here because I love uh, being with you. I love preaching. I love being a pastor here at St. John's. But last week was uh, more than just an 80s party thing. It was Ascension Sunday. It was Mother's Day. And we heard some great words from our sister in Christ, one of our mothers in Christ, Mary Salgado. And before Jesus ascended to the all-authoritative right hand of God the Father, he said these words that are kind of our theme for this three-week little mini-series. Acts chapter 1, verse 8, Jesus said, You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Last week, we talked about that you part, and you will be my witnesses. Not everybody, not somebody, not anybody, not nobody, but you. You will be my witnesses, not just the pastor, not just the teachers, not just the principal, not just the youth workers, not just the parents, not just the elders, not just the experienced, not the person in front or back or behind me, not the person that's really good at it, but he said you, you as an individual, you as a church will be my witness. You will be. We heard those powerful words from Mary, how she's been able to show motherly love to our foster children and specifically how she witnessed to that one young lady's life. You will be my witnesses. You will share Christ with your words and with your life. So as we travel together in this little three-week sermon series on you will be my witnesses, it really ties in well to this traditional celebration that we have every year on this Sunday today is Pentecost. And if you've never heard that word Pentecost, you might be wondering, what does this mean? Pentecost. Pentecost in the Old Testament context, you'll see that there were three big Jewish festivals in the Old Testament, in the people of God amongst Israel. There were Passover, Pentecost, and Tabernacles. And Pentecost is basically just a Greek word that means 50th, pente, like the Pentagon, 5, 50. So it's 50. It's 50 days after the Passover. And on Pentecost, Jews from all over the world would gather together in Jerusalem, and they would celebrate the completion of the harvest they would bring to God the first fruits. And so everyone would gather in Jerusalem to celebrate Pentecost. And this Pentecost that we're talking about happened 10 days after Jesus ascended. And in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, remember, Jesus, before he ascended, he said, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And so in Acts chapter 2, that's the account of the Holy Spirit coming in a new way. At that first Pentecost, after Jesus rose, after Jesus ascended to the right hand of God the Father. And so Acts chapter 2, verse 1 says it. It says, when the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place, probably about 120 followers of Jesus. Suddenly, a sound like the blowing of a violent wind. We hear that word wind, we're drawn back to the very first morning of all mornings where God created the heavens and earth. We're reminded that a creative work is going on here. God is creating the, the church. 
The body of Christ, a new and powerful way, a violent wind came from heaven. It filled the whole house where they were sitting. Verse 3, it says, they saw what seemed to be tongues of fire. We hear that word fire. We're drawn back to Moses and the burning bush and the presence of God. There's a divine thing happening here. Tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each one of them. You will be my witnesses. Every one of them, those 120, will be used in God's mighty work. Then in verse 4, I'd like you to read verse 4 with me now. Wait, back. Wait. Whoa. Verse 4 in Spanish. Is it up there? There we go. All right. Can you read this with me? Let's do it. All right. Todos fueron llenos del Espíritu Santo y comenzaron a hablar en otras lenguas. Una vez más, okay? All right. Todos fueron llenos del Espíritu Santo y comenzaron a hablar en otras lenguas. Now, in English, it says, all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues, other languages, just like you just did as the Spirit enabled them Pentecost power here today. All right? Good job, my friends. I was proud of you. Where's Marco? Marco, they do okay? Eric, they do all right? All right. Good. Good job. Now in German? All right. Bring up the German, my friend. That's right. Scott, you got the German. You got the microphone? Come on. Genau. All right. All right. What am I talking about now? All right. It's Pentecost. Other languages, all right? You see, the Holy Spirit, believe it or not, does not only speak English. In fact, English wasn't even around at Pentecost, right? In fact, we're told in these verses that the Holy Spirit is multilingual. Now, I have to admit that I was totally taken aback as I saw a certain video this past week, and maybe you saw it. Did you see that video of that New York attorney? He was ranting and raving, screaming and yelling at this restaurant in New York City because some of the workers there were not speaking English, but they were speaking Spanish. And he went on a tirade. It was embarrassing. He was racially and ethnocentrically and abusively weird nationalism coming on to these people and cursing them and crying out. It was an embarrassment to the United States of America. In New York City, which is like the melting pot of cultures and languages and people coming together. And as I saw that picture of that guy ranting and raving, It reminded me how that is the complete opposite of God's spirit work at Pentecost. Acts 2 verse 5. There were staying Jerusalem God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. You see, many Jewish colonies existed throughout the world and they would come home to Jerusalem for the festivals. Some of them would come home to Jerusalem to live out their last days. In verse 6 it says, when they heard this sound, the wind, the voices, A crowd came together in bewilderment because each one heard their own language being spoken. Their own language. It's important for us to see on this Pentecost Sunday that the Holy Spirit speaks all languages. And that the power associated with the Spirit coming at Pentecost is directly tied to bringing the gospel to all peoples in their heart languages. And because of that... The Spirit declares every language, every culture, every people group beautiful and rich and in the image of God in his creative work at Pentecost in the church. Verse 7, it says they were utterly amazed. 
They asked, aren't all these people here speaking Galileans? How is it that each one of us hears them in our own language? It was a miracle without precedent. Never heard or seen before. Verse 9 says, Parthians, Medes, and Elamites, residents of Mesopotamia, Judea, and Cappadocia, Pontus, and Asia, Phrygia, and Pamphylia, Egypt, and the parts of Libya near Cyrene, visitors from Rome, both Jews and converts to Judaism, Cretans, and Arabs. We hear them declaring the wonders of God in our own tongues, our own languages. Fifteen places are mentioned there. Cities, provinces, islands, north, south, east, west, everyone hearing the mighty works of God in their own language, their own heart language. We see at Pentecost that God was undoing the scattering of language that happened back in Genesis in the Tower of Babel. Verse 12, it says, amazed and perplexed, they asked one another, what does this mean? What does this mean? And we are asked, what does this mean for us? For one, it means that we should never, ever look down on another human being because they're speaking a different language or because they're from a different culture or because they live in a different geographic location than us. The Holy Spirit never did that. The Holy Spirit does not do that, so we should not do that either. In fact, in Acts 1 verse 8, let's look at that again. It says, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. That's Pentecost Jesus is talking about. You will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. We are to be witnesses to Samaria. Now, you see, the Jews hated the Samaritans. But Jesus was telling his Jewish disciples You, my Jewish disciples, you are going to reach out to the Samaritans. The Samaritans that you don't like and they're different from you. They speak different. They have different culture, different language, even different religion. Jesus saying you are going to be witness to them. We are called to be witnesses to people who are different than us. We, Jesus is saying through the Spirit, we are part of the great uniting work of the Spirit of God. I was down at our district office yesterday, and uh, it's down on the campus of Concordia University, Irvine, Pacific Southwest District of the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod, and we were down there. I was working on all these overtures and all these resolutions for our district convention that's coming up in June. It's a big, big deal for our church body. And one of the committee members there that I had a chance to work with on little subcommittee work Uh, She's a member at one of our local Lutheran congregations. She's a Christian woman, strong Christian woman. She's from Brazil. She has an accent. She speaks Portuguese and English. She's a vital member of our church body. She makes our church better. She's been part of our Lutheran church for 40 plus years. She's an immigrant. She's an immigrant. Just like so many of our founding forefathers of this very St. John's Lutheran Church, they were immigrants. They came from Germany. They spoke German. They worshiped in our sanctuary in German. They talked in German here. They prayed in German here. They knew God through the German language in this building on this campus. Whether you're from Brazil or you're from Germany, all of these are beautiful people of God. That's the work of the Spirit doing His work cross culture, languages, and barriers despite what that racist New York attorney would say. Our district president, Larry Stodrow, 
He's been a strong proponent of the Spirit's work among many cultures. In our district convention coming up in June, the theme of it is rejoicing with the nations. And in our district, we have ministries among Ethiopian, Eritrean, Oromo, Asian, Indian, Cambodian, Chinese, Filipino, all sorts of Hispanic, Indonesian, Korean, Vietnamese. All these language groups and culture groups are represented in our district. Why? Because that's what the Spirit wants. That's what we as God's people, the Spirit at Pentecost was pushing us to go, to be a presence of unity that is so different from what the world offers to all people. And so when the people cried out, that very first Pentecost, what does this mean? Peter stood up. He said, I'm going to tell you what this means. And he went back to the Old Testament. He quoted Joel the prophet. In Acts chapter 2, verse 17, he said this. He said, in the last days, God says, I will pour out my Spirit. On all people, your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Verse 18, even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days and they will prophesy. Verse 21, everyone, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. By the power of the Spirit of God, the Spirit of Christ, you will be his witnesses. In Samaria, to different cultures, to different races, to different languages, to different places. And so what does that mean for us? The very first thing I think it means for us is we have to recognize, first of all, that we, every one of us in the room, are actually Samaritans. We were Samaritans first. We aren't Jewish. We're outsiders. We're immigrants. We're foreigners. We speak a different language. God sent his son Jesus across language and across culture and across race and across space. And God and the son, God the Father and God, his son Jesus, they sent their spirit so that we could hear the wonders of God in our heart language. Now, I studied a lot. I read Greek, I read Hebrew, Aramaic, Latin, Spanish, a little French, a little German in there. But my heart language is English, a language that didn't even exist when the Spirit came at Pentecost 2,000 years ago. Think about that. Yet here we are, knowing God and singing about God and experiencing His love and praying Him and hearing from Him in the English language. Jesus was also, my friends, be prepared. Jesus was not white. He was brown. He was dark brown, most likely. Yet most of us in the room today, we are, most of us, white. Yet God still sent his spirit to us who were different than Jesus. We weren't part of his country. We weren't part of his kingdom, but he gave us citizenship in it. And I think when we begin to see ourselves that we were actually Samaritans, we are actually Samaritans, we recognize the world and we look at the world, we look at people in a different way. We start to see a commonality that we all have with all of humanity. And in fact, I was just reminded of this. You know how they say, out of the mouths of babes, right? A couple weeks ago, or maybe it was this past week, one of my kids said to me, they were wondering about Adam and Eve, and they said, did, did everybody come from Adam and Eve? And I said, ultimately, Yes. And so she said, well, then we're all related then. And I said, yes. And she said, well, we're all family then. And I paused and I said, yes, we are. 
We were all family. God created all of us. And I said to my young daughter, I said, that's a good way to see the world. It's a good way to look at all of God's children. I want my little daughter to have that image, not the image of that New York attorney who was spouting out hate speech to people. And so on this Pentecost, I think we're given a reminder that, yes, you have the Holy Spirit, which means you have power and you have ability to be a witness for Jesus. You can bring unity. You can bring love. You can bring life. You can bring hope. Even to Samaritans who are different from you. And so I think we're challenged this morning on Pentecost. And our culture is challenging us too as a church, I think. Who in your life is radically different than you? Who are the Samaritans in your life? Is God calling you to love, to witness, to serve, to get to know, and maybe to learn from them? I hope so, and I hope so for my sake, for your sake, for the sake of the church. I hope that we can look and sound more and more like the global church that we actually are and that we actually will be forever in the greatest country ever, the kingdom of heaven. St. John, whom this church, we're called St. John's, right? St. John gave us a picture of that reality, the heaven reality that awaits all of us. And it is my prayer to the Holy Spirit today and to God the Father, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And God's will and God's work at heaven looks like this. Revelation chapter 7 verse 9. After this I looked and there before me was a great multitude that no one could count from every nation, every tribe, every people, every language, standing before the throne and before the Lamb. And they were wearing white robes, and they were holding palm branches in their hands. And they cried out in a loud voice, Salvation belongs to our God, who sits on the throne, and to the Lamb. Holy Spirit, Breathe in us, empower us, build your church through us, help us to be your witnesses to the ends of the earth, to Judea and Jerusalem, and to Samaria. In Jesus' name, amen.